0: Afternoons with me, I'm Bill Arnold. I am looking forward to this hour, as I often do when Dr. Marcus Bachman joins me, but I have a special surprise for you because my friend and colleague, Carmen LeBurge, is joining us as well because I think you're leaving town tomorrow, aren't you, Carmen?
1: I am leaving town tomorrow morning, and so you said, hey, you can I, come back, and I, I said, sure. Yeah, What fun. Yeah,
0: we had so much fun yesterday talking about an Old Testament <laughs> character, Hulda, and that was outstanding, by the way. Thank, Thank you, you for that. And Dr. Marcus Bachman is the founder and president of CounselingCare.us. You can always head over to CounselingCare.us to learn about his amazing practice and all of the gifted counselors he has there, including himself. Marcus, welcome.
2: Nice to be here.
0: Yeah. So we're going to chat today about difficult relationships around the holiday time. Now, there's a lot of stress that people feel. A lot of people walk on eggshells and they think, Uh uh-oh, here's what's going to happen. It's going to be the same scenario. It's going to be challenging. And if you have a question you would like to ask Marcus, please let me know what it is, 877-933-2484. Here's the first question I already have, Marcus. Ready for this? Sure. All right. How to break the ice on a relationship between a mother-in-law and daughter-in-law where there's 20 years of bad blood and distrust. (laughs) And the mother-in-law is known to be passive-aggressive, and the daughter-in-law tends towards negative interpretation.
2: And we're doing this all over Christmas dinner. Is that right, Bill? <laughs> I think so, yeah. <laughs> well, that would be our first
0: mistake.
2: Yeah, right. I would be very careful of inviting that type of relationship for a interchange at a very important holiday dinner. If we're looking at making gatherings successful, I think it's really important to plan uh, ahead that who is going to be there. And if it's someone that we have that kind of conflict with, then I think um, a conversation or several before that important event is worthy on a one-on-one or seeing a mediator and having that conversation together.
0: That's a great idea. I don't see that necessarily happening. Okay. Yeah. I mean, because, you know, Carmen's got a. She's got her hand up. She's got her hand up call on me, call on me. Restrooms are where again? They're they're in the back. Okay, thank you, thank
2: you, thank you, thank you. I'm I'm excited to hear what Carmen has to say for this answer. Yeah.
1: So I guess I would want to know, is there a believer in this group? Like, is there a person that I could have a conversation with about humbling themselves for a
0: day? I think the answer is the person is spiritually inclined, but maybe not a believer.
1: Yeah, so for the spiritually inclined, that would be the person who I would I would start my conversation with. I mean, if, if I were invited into this, I'm hoping that the spiritually inclined person is the one asking the question. Mm-hmm. And so I could say to them, you know, they're, uh, if this is already happening, like this is going to happen, this interaction is going—these two people are going to be inhabiting the same space— Um, I would invite uh, the person who is spiritually inclined to um, to pray in advance, to prepare themselves in advance, to show up as a non-anxious presence so that, you know, that sort of emotional contagion, so that when the when the other person arrives, who is either passive aggressive or inclined to negatively interpret things, um, whoever that other person is, right, is, is going to at least in the moment experience a non-anxious presence in the other person. And that may be uh, the the breaking the ice idea. I guess I'm hoping it's breaking the iciness.
2: Hmm. I really like that preparing ahead of time, praying, believing that God will do uh, a work. I also believe that people's wills are involved mm-hmm. and uh, they can really be naughty during the holiday time. And, uh, we just need to be prepared for that. So if we're prepared, uh, knowing whatever happens, if that person receives us or doesn't, then I think we need to put in some strategies of how to protect ourselves, how to change the conversation and move it on. And, uh, this may not sound real mature, but, uh, limit ourselves to how much time we actually spend. And you may not have to move the, the name tag of who you're sitting next to. So you don't have to sit by that person. I mean, there's all sorts of, you know, clever ideas that we can be honest about, prepared about, and also, uh, we, we know that there is a self-will involved in every, everybody's life to make a decision whether this is going to be successful or not.
0: I also think this year there is more at stake with anxiety and stress about COVID and who is comfortable being there, who's not, who's suggesting people have masks, vaccinations, all kinds of things. So there is another element of family stress.
1: You know, uh, Bill, that I have um, it's tribal at our house. So, um, (laughs) I I what does that mean? Well, so I married I married uh, my husband, and he has six kids, and um, and so there are um, there are other houses for people to be at as well. In addition to our home, but everybody wants to be at our house. So all nineteen want to come, which is fantastic, um, but can cause a little stress. And we have. Uh, you know, a diversity of personalities, obviously, <clears throat> in that range. And um, so I I have some hostessing recommendations to make. If you're the person at whose home these two individuals are both going to be. So I'm going to assume that this party is not, this Christmas Day event is not at the home of either the mother-in-law or uh, the daughter-in-law, but at, the, at a third person's house. It's a sister's house or the, right? The son's right. house. And so as the hostess, I'm going to be really intentional. There's going to be a couple of different places that groups of people are going to sit down to eat. And those two people are not going to even be in the same room when it comes down, when it comes time to sit down for a meal. I'm also going to assign people some jobs when they arrive because, wow, this hostess thing is so hard and I need some help. And I'm going to be sure that at least one of them has a task that keeps them in some other part of the house for a period of time and allows, you see what I'm saying? Like, I think that if the hostess is aware of it and is willing to be proactive there are just some ways to to manage groups of people and keep keep the peace
2: yeah reduce conflict i by the way i really like your idea about uh, assigning tasks because everybody says, what can I do to help? Or most people do, except mm-hmm. for the narcissist. What can I do to <laughs> help? And, and, you, and A lot of times the hostess says, oh, I've got this all under control. And I'm thinking why would you have this all under control? You've What, you've worked three days, 24 hours a day, and so it's nice to hear you can assign, and that does give people tasks. I just wouldn't put those two people together at the same task.
0: Exactly. Mm-hmm. All right. Here's another question. What do you do when your son-in-law does not engage in any conversation, but looks at his phone most of the time? Or when your daughter walks out of the room, he does too. I'm the mother-in-law and I love my daughter and I want a relationship with him. Thank you for helping us try to communicate.
2: Oh, see, I like this idea of having a conversation about this ahead of time Mm -hmm. and uh, setting up some rules and having the basket where the phones, if that's really a problem, uh, go into the basket and or, you know, just saying, uh, hey, um, Bob, I really want to ask you some questions. I see. I think. The, the person that interviews and asks questions to the one that's staring at the phone will all of a sudden, well, it's hard to, especially for guys, do two things at once, read their, the, read their phone, and then answer some great questions. And if you're sincerely interested in that person, that person typically will give some feedback. And even if it's a one word, you can ask a question around the one word and ask another question, and eventually you get a conversation.
1: Can I pitch an idea into this as well? You can. So um, I have had a similar experience, and so I texted Bob. He's looking at his phone. So I texted him, I miss you. Where are you? I thought you were coming to dinner today. And he looked up at me, and I looked down at my phone, and I'm like, so could you pass me the salt and pepper? And then I looked at him, and he looked at me, and he put down his phone.
2: Nice. Nice. You know, humor does Does work. That, that, it's because that's not at the expense of him. That's just saying I'm on to you, and let's have some fun here. Yeah. And he took it.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah,
2: it's
0: great. Because I
1: don't think he would have given up his phone into a basket at the door like that. He'd have just turned on his heels and left. But
0: <laughs> and most you know. people communicate with their phones. They they have to show you the picture that's on it, and they're always making reference to. I gotta have to read you this text I got today. You know, so they're always using it as some kind of communication prop. Yeah. All right, we're going to take a little break. Dr. Marcus Bachman is my guest, and also I'm being joined by Carmen LaBerge, who's been in town all week, and I'm taking advantage. I can, every opportunity I can get. She was in my show yesterday, and she's here again today. Can't get enough of Carmen. I'm with you there. Yeah. I agree. And we're talking about challenging relationships around the holidays, and if you have a situation or something you're a little perplexed about, let me know what it is. I will have Dr. Marcus Bachman uh, respond. 877 933 2484. We'll be right back. Welcome back. So glad to have Dr. Marcus Bachman as my guest. I also have Carmen LeBurge with me in studio. You can go to counselingcare.us to learn more about Marcus. And there is place you can, uh, you can go to counselingcare.us and you can learn about his service and all the wonderful people on his staff. So we're talking today about challenging relationships around the holidays and how to best navigate. Here's a question. Uh, it's similar to the previous one. My son is coming home for Christmas for a whole week, which is great. He's going to bring along his new girlfriend who works with him at a church um, as part of the Tent Makers program. We've not met her yet, but I was told yesterday by my son that she's inclined to believe that Christmas has roots in paganism and therefore doesn't want to get any Christmas presents. I've already bought a Christmas present or two for her. But we also enjoy a Christmas tree and other decorations that are kind of part of the tradition. When my son first told me this, I was put off, but I didn't want to say anything, so I've been praying about it. I don't want to get off to a bad start with someone who might be my future daughter-in-law, but I kind of feel like she is already judging us for celebrating Christmas and or having Christmas traditions like gifts and decorations. My son does not agree with her belief on this. (laughs)
2: <laughs> I I would be careful not to read into a situation too negatively, uh, because you're really kind of preparing yourself for something that may not be the case. Uh, we're celebrating family. This is our focus on Christmas. We can certainly talk about who Christ is, and Christ is the reason for the season. Uh, but, you know, there's a lot of things that we don't have to argue about, whether you know, it's about the tree or about certain holiday traditions, I think there's a lot more to focus on and enjoyment of getting to know each other. And again, I think that if people are being asked questions and if they're, you know, uh, given some uh, enjoyable tasks to do and we get to go uh, sledding on the hill and the hot cocoa and good food, I don't think there's a lot to argue about. There's a lot more that we can join in on. A lot more we can have fun and even focus on the reason and the traditions. Uh, Certainly, I would keep the tree up and I wouldn't take anything down or change anything that way. Uh, She just needs to know that that's a part of our and, and having a conversation about that. This is what we believe. And I understand that you have a difference. And I just want to respect who you are. Thank you for respecting us and our traditions also. Nice. And you'll be there at their house
0: on Christmas Eve to say all that? (laughs) I I charge double that day. Okay. All right. (laughs) We'll start a GoFundMe account. (laughs) All right. Here's another question. How do I handle my prodigal son and his wife in the middle of a separation for Christmas? And his wife has no family here.
1: So the son. So, what's your interpretation there, Bill? The son is prodigal. The
0: son's a prodigal they're, son. They're
1: still in a relationship with the with the daughter in law, but a, there's a separation now between yeah. the prodigal son and the daughter in law.
0: Well, yeah, it sounds like there's a separation between their son and his wife in the middle. Uh, they in the middle of a separation, and that's happening during Christmas. And the wife has no family here. Well, yes, that's she tough. does.
1: She's they're they're her family. Of course. I don't. I don't get that. I I'll just have to say I. Yeah, you're still her parents. You took her on. You're still her parents. Just because your son is no longer going to be in a relationship with her doesn't mean you don't get to be in a continuing relationship with her. If you ha- if they had kids together, those kids would still be your grandkids. I don't quite get the question. I might be hard-hearted. I'm sorry. All
0: right.
2: I'm <laughs> not sure if I completely get the question either. So what what is it they want to know, Bill? What?
0: I think... If I would read this question, yes. I think the uh, person who's, who wrote this is, feels stressed because her son, sure. who's a prodigal, yeah. and his wife are yeah. separating. Yes. And it's Christmas. Yep. And, you know, that's stressful. <sighs> and it's not, like, it's not like his wife can go to uh, her family's house because her family probably doesn't live in town. So Great. it's, it's Sounds like their they have have- house or nowhere. Right. They, it
2: sounds like you have to have a conversation about this ahead of time. You know, again, the worst thing you can do is just wait for Christmas Day and say, we'll deal with it then. I think we just need to have some conversations about this ahead of time. How can we be at peace? How can we make this work out? Mm-hmm. And it can't be one way over the other. It has to be a sense of, you know, let's let's come to a, a reasonable, you know, maybe you guys don't have to be in the same room together uh, or whatever the case may be. Maybe, and so we can work that out and maybe it will be you know uh, a, a changing you know you come in the morning come in the afternoon there's all sorts of alternatives sure. to come to a place of being at peace the question would be do they want to be at, at a place of peace mm-hmm. and do you also recognize how this will affect everybody else the conversation has to be larger just than the one or the two of them
0: mm-hmm What about when parents aren't quite sure why their grown children have stopped talking to them and they're devastated? I've talked to a number of people that say, well, yeah, I really don't, I don't really talk to my kids anymore or my kids don't talk to me. And I ask why, and they kind of get sad and they may know, but when kids have stopped talking to their parents and now holidays come around, it's sad.
2: Oh, it is. It's terribly sad. And again, I hope that they have had an attempt to uh, take care of this ahead of the holiday. And I hope that they've given an opportunity to, you know, what what is it? I, I, I would think as a parent, you'd have some self-awareness, uh, what is it? Is it the rules? Is it the fact that we have a certain belief system? Is it the fact that you know we've 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 damaged something in your life? I would say that, um, and I have to be real careful because we don't have any of the other details. Right. But I really wonder, Bill, if there wasn't some damage done uh, as a parent. I mean, everybody has a choice in this matter. But as a parent, and you don't have a clue as to why there's a, a block here, why there's such a hesitation to have a relationship, I think that most parents who live a grace-filled, uh, a true loving, unconditional loving approach toward their children, um, I think most, even adults who, uh, children who are atheists, will, will have a sense of, that's a good place to go for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> yep. The turkey is moist, yep. you know, and, it, and the people are kind. And uh, but you know, I, I, you know, uh, in all fairness, the other way around, you know, there are people that make decisions out of um, strange reasons why they won't talk to their parents. So I, I want to understand that more too. Um, uh, and so I don't want to. I don't want to right. judge.
0: It's um, a two-way street as well. I mean, kids maybe have never expressed to their parents something that happened or or they didn't get or whatever they're upset traumatized by something and they've never addressed their parents with their topic they've just moved away
2: yeah and
1: i i in my experience um
2: for the kids that didn't want to come to your house
1: yeah you have to at some point reach out and say i this relationship matters to me I don't. I don't know what I did or you experienced, but I need you to tell me. And I, in order for us to be reconciled, in order for there to be peace in our family, um, in order for us to move forward from here, I need you to tell me because I, I'm confident that there is something that I have done. And I don't know what it is.
2: You're opening up that door. Yeah.
1: And it's painful because let me tell you, they will stab you in the heart because that's right. You gave them the opportunity. I mean, I'm just saying, right. You you opened it up. And then, and then you have to make the choice to humble yourself and, and say, I, you know, I, I am so sorry. That was completely unintentional. I had absolutely, that was not my intent. Um, I, I hope you can forgive me can we start over? Like literally, can we start over?
2: I think the emphasis needs to be, um, I am sorry for the pain that this has caused you. Um, And because it's really true, who wakes up intentionally wanting to hurt or damage anyone almost goes without saying it's worth saying, but I think the emphasis needs to be on, I I am so sorry for what, 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 you're going through and what this has meant between us and that kind of humility and 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 asking for forgiveness and really a, a kind approach opening that door and you're right that may that may slap you it, in the face
1: it, it's okay like right i mean you can be. it has to be okay you have to be able to receive the pain
0: yes because they've
1: been experiencing it And so you have to be willing to receive it and share it. And then the two of you can move forward from there. That's been, that has been my experience. Yes, Um, Reconciliation is possible, but it's hard. Mm -hmm. And so is the parent in this situation, you know, willing um, to say, to to reach out and say, "I, I don't, I don't know why we're not talking, but I want to be reconciled. And the, the child may say, well, I, I, you know, we haven't talked because I don't talk on the phone. And you like to talk on the phone. And I'm not a phone person. Phones are a thing of the past. I mean, this could li- literally be that simple. <laughs> could you learn to text? Because I'll text with you. And, and are parents willing to communicate? Do you see what I'm, do you see what I'm saying, Bill? Like, mm-hmm. it, there could be a technology part of this conversation right? as much as anything else.
2: Right. As ridiculous as that sounds, no, my mom's, there can be My
1: mom's feelings are hurt if you do not respond to every text. Well, that can be a lot.
0: A uh, yes, yes. And you will call her less frequently because you are texting her all the time.
1: Well, I'll call her and I'll say, "Mom, Mom, you got to lighten up with the tax. I can't. I don't. I got. I got a job. I'm. All, I mean, like, right? I mean, like, I got a lot. I got. There is a lot cooking over here, sister. So she'll, you know, I'll say, but you know, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna call you. And as long as I say I'm gonna call her, and I do, she's satisfied. Mm-hmm. But she's lonely. You know, she's eighty-four. Right. Her life's not as full as mine.
2: And we don't have to fix every. Every day's problem for an eighty-four year old. By the way, I mean we can, we might be able to call at the end of the week. We may be able to call whenever, but we have to be careful not to get into. I'm going to fix this for you, and that happens during the holidays. People feel like, okay, we got the gathering, we got a problem here. By golly, I'm going to fix this one today. Mm If (laughs) they can, I wouldn't choose that day to fix it, unless, of course, God instructs you to do that. But yeah.
0: Dr. Marcus Bachman is my guest, as well as Carmen LaBerge. We're so glad that both of you are here. We're talking about challenging relationships around the holidays. If you have a situation you'd love some counsel on, that would be wonderful. Let me know what it is, 877-933-2484. Again, 877-933-2484. You can go to counselingcare.us. That's Marcus's website. You can learn more about him and his wonderful services. Be right back. The afternoon show, and I am Bill Arnold. I'm glad to have Dr. Marcus Bachman here in studio and also glad to have Carmen LeBurge with me. We're talking about challenging relationships at Christmas time or the holidays. Maybe you've already gone through Thanksgiving and you know what's going to happen at Christmas time. Maybe things have improved, maybe things have stayed the same, maybe things will get better. You never know. But I also want to address the issue that maybe this is the first time we're gathering in two years, and there may be an empty seat this year. Or there might be an empty place on the floor where your beloved pet was. And it's that gathering, it's that time together that is a reminder of who's there and who's not there.
2: I appreciate that uh, concern because it's a real um, and deep, intimate question to be asking. How do we deal with a person who's not there with us During a very precious holiday, and I think the truth of the matter is we um, we acknowledge them. I I'm I'm a planner, and I believe that if I can say it this way, successful uh, events happen because we've thought through. Um, And I think there's whether it's a moment of silence or whether it's mentioning them in our prayers or having a picture of them or actually having that empty chair and just talking about them. I don't think um, uh, the, the denial or the uh, lack of um, conversation should happen about the empty chair. I think it is incredibly honoring and respectful to um, say, I miss mom, I miss boomer, I miss whoever and um that has value. I I just am uh, a strong believer that somewhere in the planning stage of our and and even if we're not planners and we recognize that moment, you know, oh yes, he or she is not with us. Um let's let's be, let's be authentic and open um to say something. I mean
1: it's a it's a practice of uh of the Jews to set an empty place, right? To talk about the expectation, um, of Elijah coming. And like, so, right. So there's this, there is this practice of having an empty chair at a table, at least, you know, for, um, folks who might want to be looking for like a biblical example, like to bring forward. Um, I know that in our family, um, when my dad died, when I was in high school, having that there there's always a fourth chair cuz tables are set for four like you mm-hmm. don't there's not three tops out there so everywhere we would go like right we faced the reality of the empty chair and i remember the first holiday right mm-hmm. where the the head that the chair at the end of the table where he always sat was empty and and so i'm i am a person who really appreciates setting the place for the person that's not there like reserving the spot and talking about them and yeah. what we miss about them and what they would, you know, how different the world is now than they ever experienced and how much they would love, you know, I don't know what it is, an electric car, like, right, like the things that something that it, that exists now that didn't exist when, you know, they would love that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that it's not, um, I, I appreciated the way that you said that, Dr. Bachman, it's not uh, it's not about not talking about them. Like, right, that's not the honoring thing. The honoring thing is to talk about them.
2: Yeah, and they deserve. Absolutely. We, we deserve our own way of healing is by communicating and talking about, I miss. Now, I wouldn't compare your wife's, um, wife's turkey to your mother's, who is no longer your mom. <laughs> But you know what? You know, I, I think humor can play a really important part, uh, especially if they had humor in their life. And right. You know, and, and what would dad say right now? You know, he'd let a gas out or something, you know. But there'd be, you know, there'd be something to say that's kind of kind of silly and funny. And mm-hmm. people relate that know that person. And even for those new guests that don't have a clue who your mother is, I think out of respect, they would be honored wow, I can see not only that you look like them, but that you actually have a resemblance. What a sweetness. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's no better way, I think, to to give an honoring of that empty chair.
0: As meaningful as that is and as lovely as it sounds, what if it turns this nice festive Christmas Dinner into now, half the people in the room are crying.
2: Oh, I love it. Oh, Bill, you just you just rang my bell. Well, I I think crying at Christmas <laughs> is marvelous.
0: <I> don't <laughs> know, I don't, call me weird. I don't know you messing with me or not. You I'm not. Me? I'm telling you. Don't make me come over there. I, <laughs> uh,
2: okay, I take it all back. All right. uh, <laughs> I I just I just believe tears are a very normal, healthy. Approach toward life. And if we're missing uh, tears in our life, and I mean, you know what? I suppose if we started when the first guest came in until they left and, you know, it was a true funeral the entire Mm -hmm. time and we didn't have enough Kleenex, that's another story. But I think a few moments of emotional intensity. um, I don't mind uncomfortableness. I know that sounds like an oxymoron.
0: What's that? You're a counselor. Yeah, You put yourself in the middle of it all the time.
2: Yeah, but I think it's really healthy for all of us. And I don't even mind moments, except on radio, for
0: a moment of silence. And I don't know what to say. And I don't mind that either on radio. Seriously, (laughs) there's that pause on radio, which makes people go, ooh, what's next? So
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: I'm not going to do it right now. Okay. (laughs) What was your
2: question again? Did I answer that? Carmen, you probably have a better... Um, Another approach to that.
1: Well, no, his question was about the crying. Like, right, it was what oh, you're yeah. talking about. Like, yeah. actually, you're, you know, what happens if then this celebratory thing devolves into... So, again, I'm going to take the hostess role, right? It's at my house. It's Which has power. It's my, it totally. Yeah, the most... Always invite people to your house because then you have control, mm-hmm. which for the control freaks among us,
0: <laughs> it's what we want.
2: Yeah. Um, should, should we talk later after the show?
1: You can, you know, it's a dude, <laughs> don't, I mean, I'm so busy. How much time do you have? So, okay. Okay. Yeah. Um. So I think that when you are thinking about how you're going to talk about the empty chair, when you're going to make reference to it, you know, it, I think that, um, uh, you know, it doesn't have to be at the very beginning or it could be at the beginning. And then it's, you know, Hey, let's all go get in the buffet line, like create a break, create a, you know, like, okay, let's, um, that was, that was really good and cathartic. And, um, now how about everybody pass me their plates and we're going to, you know, now it's time for pie or, you know, Hey, let's all move to the room where the Christmas presents are. I mean, create a break. That's Mm -hmm. all you have to do. I mean, you've you've allowed the, the tension to rise. You've allowed the catharsis to happen. Then you create the break.
2: As a host and hostess, you get to decide the transition. Absolutely, and that's a,
0: a wise idea. And that's the control freak in you talking, right? I
1: mean, if you have to drop a plate on the <gasps> that, floor, I mean, <laughs> that's just to make a sacrifice. I, I, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta
2: <laughs> comment on the control freak thing. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know that it's necessarily a control freak thing. I think it's a it's a wise and intentional approach toward having success. Um, where people feel like, you know what, I'd like more of that. And that's a gift. I wouldn't minimize that as a as a as a negative. I think it's an incredible positive to have. And I love it. Here's my bias. I love it when the host and the hostess get together and they do some planning, they give it some thought, and they get this party going in a way that leads to people saying, "I want more of that."
1: Well, you can come to our house anytime cuz it's well planned <laughs> and there's always an extra seat or two. <laughs> yeah,
2: and a buffet. And, and and by the way, by the way, as long as we're talking uh, this is your show, I know Bill, but last time I checked <laughs> <laughs> I I think there's I think <laughs> just had to say that. Okay, uh, I think there's there, there's success when you have uh, things for the children that are meaningful for, for young, and uh, let's never forget the the teenagers. And um, uh, I'm going to break some rules here. I don't like the kids' table. I think the kids should be splattered all over. And um, I just I just think that um, uh, we we need to mix some things up there in order to have um, success.
0: At our gatherings. And because the topic of losing a loved one is so sensitive and so difficult, and I know a couple of other people have chimed in here, and this is very challenging. Our son and daughter-in-law had a baby four years ago, stillbirth at 25 weeks. Mm -hmm. So is it better to talk about this sweet baby we lost, as it is painful for our daughter-in-law and still very much in grief? It's like saying our little guy would be four this year. I wonder what he would be like.
2: Oh, I'm supposed to answer that. Okay. You're um, the doctor. Yeah, right. That's the last I checked. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. Uh, <laughs> now, I, I, I think you have to be uh, thoughtful and mindful of knowing that couple. Is, is that okay with them? Um, because they may or may not want every Christmas. I want to know what our our grandson, four-year-old, five-year-old, six-year-old, seven-year-old, keep it going, looks like. I mean, that may not be as helpful. I hope I'm not confusing people when I say that. But I think that um, uh, you know your audience that's at the gathering, and you know the couple who's lost their loved ones. And um, especially for... Um, in that case, it was a stillborn, I think you said. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Here's another question. We have a daughter-in-law that has an awful spending addiction that's destroying the family. She blames everyone else for her problems in the marriage. They've gone to counseling only to have her quit as soon as the counselor says it's her spending problem. She has turned their child against our son. She volunteers at a church and they love her, but she's living a lie. And Christmas is not going to be fun at all this year it 's been going on for twenty years. please help mm. I be careful about not
2: spending too much money on the gift that she gets. You know that might be um it's a bad joke oh, okay. okay i, was, <laughs> I wasn 't sure <laughs> so sorry yeah I know i shouldn 't make fun out of people 's addictions um, no, I think that 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 is that 's obviously anyone who doesn 't want to take a look at in the mirror. Um, that's very difficult. I always wonder how did they have the opportunity to look in the mirror um typically if you're if you're sensitive and careful about um you know uh, if you're asking that person who has a spending addiction and telling them you know I have my own issues um and so you come to a place where we're we're of equal people and you're of uh, value and 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 i'm i I care about you in a way with um um love that I have and I think there that there is an approach I would just never give up Mm -hmm. you know you get your car fixed somewhere and it isn't fixed then try counselor number two and I'm not looking for business I got plenty of it I'm just saying you just need to keep going with different avenues and you know they may not get it in in three years but in 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 in, it and have patience in six years they make figure this out, Mm -hmm. especially if the credit card is taken away and you have some boundaries around, you know what, we can't live this way beyond our means. Somewhere it catches up to us. Mm -hmm. Um, Otherwise, it's just a foolish approach toward living. So if I haven't shared part of that answer being grace and kindness and pursuit and God keep knocking at our door, and the other is there's some boundaries here about we can't uh, keep up the spending habit here. And just because you gave us a $3,000 gift,
0: I can't give you a $3,000 gift mm-hmm. back. Mm-hmm. That makes sense? A lot of sense. All right, I'll take a little break. and we come back, lots more with Dr. Marcus Bachman and my friend and colleague, Carmen Leberge. Be right back. Marcus Bachman is my guest today. Carmen Burge is also in studio. I'm very grateful for both of you. So we're talking about challenging relationships in the holiday season, and we put so much um, energy into festive Thanksgivings and Christmases and everything else, and sometimes the players that come to those events are challenging, and if there's a person that needs to be the center of attention and they seem to pull a lot of the oxygen out of the room and they leave you feeling exhausted... Um, what do you do with someone who always wants to be center stage, Marcus?
2: Well, I think it's really important, first of all, to recognize that that's the, the person that they are. And I think that um, there's a lot to having the uh, power and control in a hospitable way uh, by asking questions of other people so if you 're asking in the midst of someone having to be drama queen uh, and it 's all about her and she has the least understanding of asking questions well as host and hostess, and you don 't even have to be a host and hostess so tom what what's, what 's tell me about your experience growing up on a farm i 'd like to hear mm-hmm. a story or two so we 're moving the conversation uh elsewhere, or we 're transitioning it into you know i i like to show short movies um i love the the skit guys and i always incorporate those guys for um for holidays and uh you know it it stops the person who is uh, all of a sudden smart. telling their story well mm-hmm. it's now time for <laughs> for thanksgiving bingo that we have yeah i won't even ask about that <laughs> <laughs> Okay, i just tell you one thing. Yeah. If you say bingo yeah. instead of gobble-gobble, uh, you have to walk around the table, yes, doing the turkey dance. Really? Yes. How many times will you forget
0: saying bingo just once? <laughs> That's almost too much information.
2: Okay, sorry, sorry.
0: <laughs> All right, what about when you've got a relative who's kind of a little bit too far out on the fringe? Uh, this listener says you have a sister who's pagan and Wiccan and far left. And I don't talk to her very often. I get try to get myself invited to visit her. And when I do, uh, I come away with feelings of the evil spirits in her home and in her life. Mm. <laughs> and yeah,
1: She's one I would want to invite to my home. I would not want to be in her home. Mm-hmm. I would uh, uh. That's somebody I would be intentional about uh, inviting into the hospitality of my home because the spirit in my home... Um is gonna take care of that if she's you know in and so you got to pray a hedge of protection around Amen. yourself and your home and your people um and and you've got to ask uh God to equip and empower you um to you know be a positive welcoming hospitable home and family regardless of the uh you know people come with all kinds of I mean, I'll use the term demons, but it's, you know, it, that's a wide range of topics that we might be talking about there. Um, and it, it just simply could be a really negative spirit or a hostile spirit. I mean, you know, it, it, it could go all the way to genuine paganism. Um, so mm-hmm. I think that, you know, people are showing up with, with all kinds of spirits. And so we need to recognize that and we need to have our homes prepared and our hearts prepared. Um, and we need to be people of prayer Um, So I think that's part of it. And then I would say um, ask a lot of questions. Mm. I mean, be super inquisitive because I would find – I would just be the most curious person in the world about, you know, what are you doing? Why are you doing that? Well, what is that – you know, what is that new tattoo on the side of your neck? Like tell me about, you know, why – Why did you get that? What does that mean? What is it about? What is it, you know, right? Because you're drawing that person into a conversation, and it could be that they will then ask a question back. (laughs) It's possible. It's possible.
2: Carmen, if I didn't know better, I'd almost think you're a radio host that interviews people with that skill. (laughs) And I
1: had a a former witch on, and so I'm getting some of this from her.
2: Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. You know, hurting people, and, and those are the people that are coming to our churches, thank God, because there's a place that should be safe for them to eventually land to ask some questions, but for us to ask questions that we're saying, I care about you. I don't believe, obviously, what you uh, are are struggling with, and uh, you could be dangerous. So we want to keep that in mind. But I think the, the, um, the gospel message of loving people and uh, giving people uh, a message of hope and for them to see in us rather than, oh, all I have is my defenses up. All I have is my, I I'm too insulated. I can't talk to you because you know, you believe in something that's pretty bad. I challenge people on that. I think that there is something powerful in giving the grace and, and kindness and, and, uh, loving questions. And, uh, and, but on the other hand, if you find you're in dangerous territory and they're just not out for good reasons to be there and they want to just stir it up, well, then I think we need to have some boundaries around that. And I think we need to say, um, oh yeah, let's transition to something else. Um, and, uh, so, so I think we have to have we have to be we have to be wise about all of that. Uh, some people would say, you know what? I'm not going to invite that person to my home, mm-hmm. and that's got to be okay too. Mm-hmm.
1: Absolutely.
0: Is there a personality type that suffers more around the holidays with challenging uh, family relationships? I mean, do people pleasers do they make themselves nuts? Or perfectionists <laughs> that go everything needs to run perfect and the you're going to write that word down nuts. I want to know
2: what that means exactly, Bill. For yeah, me. I don't really like follow-up questions, Marcus. Okay. <laughs> That's right. This is your show. <laughs> That's, right. That's right. I asked the question. I don't like follow-up questions. Okay. <laughs> Are there personality types that, that uh, yeah, that perfectionists, they must make themselves crazy. Well, you know, I I, I think in some ways they can kind of carve out, not everything can be perfect for perfectionists. You know, there's going to be dust somewhere. There's going to be, you know, someone who's not, they can't control or whatever. I I, I think that in some ways um, we we over um, assess uh, people who are perfectionists or people who um, are people pleasers. Obviously, we don't want that to be the strength of our life. But at the same time, um, you know, it's 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 wonderful to have someone who is thoughtful about the room. Thoughtful. There's just too many on the other side that are just into their own life and looking at the, you know, at the Game Boy or whatever that's going on in their computer screen. And, you know, they're not paying attention to anybody. I just think that there is something to be said about I, I, I'm, I'm, I want to make sure that everybody is having, um, within my reasonable control, a happy time.
1: Hey, one of the things we talked about um, off air, and so I just want to tee it up, is have some activities, yeah. have, have activities, and, and I think yes. it's okay to let the teenagers go to a different room and play, you know, uh, play Mario Kart for a while. Um, like, everybody doesn't have to just sit in the same room and watch everybody endlessly open presents or something like that. Like, I mean, you know, it's, So, like, have some activities where people can go off and do some different things.
2: It's helpful to have a house that accommodates because obviously at Christmas time it could be twenty below uh, could be <laughs> possible here in Minnesota, and so we just have to you know if we if we have to uh, heat the garage up or or make some accommodations um, if possible, I think that's a great idea and and even if we have to say, you know what Um, there'll be, you know, card playing over here. And if we have to open up one of the bedrooms so we can just move some furniture, we can accommodate, we can make this work. And I love the idea of having, uh, we need to get some exercise and some movement because sitting too long is, and eating too much is going to be not so good for, and we'll actually fall asleep or something like that. Mm
0: -hmm. And of course, right about the time Christmas is here. People are emotionally exhausted and physically exhausted and yes. sometimes they have not done enough self-care to be present in the moment and to enjoy the festivities. And people typically
2: forget about that because they've got three more events that week and they need to, if they're perfectionist or people pleasers, they need to get that right um, toy for so-and-so or whatever, and they keep moving and moving and moving, and you're right, there's not enough sense of being aware of one's need for
0: self-care. Mm-hmm. Just a couple of minutes left, uh, and if you've got some emotional pain that's really being magnified by the happiest season of all, mm. um, how do you um, make sure you've got that self-care?
2: Yeah, and I think the best self-care is I need to spend time with my Savior. Amen. And if, I've, if I'm if i prayed up and prayed up for Christmas week yeah. and the week before that and have my Advent devotional out and all sorts of good things, that good sleep and good nutrition and taking my walk. And by the way, um, if it gets too much for you on Christmas Day and you need just to take a 10-minute walk go or ahead. a half-hour walk, go for it. Yeah. Do some self-care so you can come back and it's not only the cold air that's going to energize you, it's the <laughs> fact that I've been away from all these people. <laughs> I could take another half hour. <laughs> right, right.
0: Marcus, thank you so much. Always great to see you. It's good to see you. Yeah. Good to be with both of you. Let's, Let's do this again. We can and we will. Carmen, always nice to see you as well. Thank you for uh, being here. And- participating in two shows with me. Thank you so much. It was really fun. The listeners love it, by the way. I've been getting comments. <laughs> thank you, everyone. Carmen yeah, that's thank sweet. you. We love you, too. Yeah, that's our show for the day. If you missed any of it, I'm pretty much sure you're going to want to go to MyFaithRadio.com. Check out the podcast. And thank you so much for supporting Faith Radio. We have finished our winter share, but if you still have it in your heart because you didn't get around to giving during our fundraiser, you can go to MyFaithRadio.com. You know, we deeply, deeply appreciate you and your gifts and generosity. Have a great night, everyone. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support.